0: Sonic State.com.
1: So hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number one hundred and forty one. Uh August the twelfth we're recording today. If you've not been and visited us live in our recording facility at uh, Sonicstate.com forward slash live, please do at four PM on a Wednesday. Um, next week we'll be doing it week after I'm gonna take a break. But um uh, thank you very much for joining us, everybody, and uh, let's start with, uh, it's really good to have uh, Diego Stocco back from D- the, uh, the, the eminent sound designer, Diego Stocco, who uh, recently, um, I think you published your music from a tree. Is that your latest yeah. works?
2: Yes, yes, I did uh piece of music by using the tree this time, because I, I, ran, I ran out of sand, so I had to use something different. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I tried to burn the sand, but it wasn't a good experiment, so I had to rely on something else. <laughs> was that a tree
1: in your very own garden, or did you have to search <laughs> for the perfect tree?
2: No, 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 no. It was the tree in my backyard. I didn't do any casting for... Uh...
1: Finding the right trick. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I do enjoyed it very much. and There's some really interesting sort of resonances on that. Did you find sure,
3: that? some bush jokes in there somewhere. Yeah, there's sure, got to
1: be some bush jokes in there somewhere, but we'll maybe keep those for uh, uh, the X-rated version. <laughs> well, Diego, it's great to have you along. Um, you can check out what Diego's up to, uh, which is a lot generally, um, at diegostocco.com. And also this week we have Mr. Dave Robinson from ProSound News Europe, man about town, man um, and man on the phone. Still, we're going to get you on Skype one of these days. I'm yeah, sure of it. well,
3: I'm going to start. I think what I'm going to do is bring my laptop because the company won't use Skype software because it's, it's it's beta software or something like that. You know, because of the viruses getting into our our big multinational global software hub, something like that. So, but I'm sure if I brought my laptop in and, and, and then sat, sat here uh, and logged on wirelessly or something like that there's, there's a way around it it's just I keep forgetting you know
1: yeah I know <clears throat> we're low down your priority list
3: uh, <laughs> oh, is, oh look there's, a, there's, a, there's yeah. a tramp in the street that wants my attention I've got to go <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway Dave it's great to have you aboard um, prosoundnewseurope.com where you can find the digital version of, of what Dave does yeah the August version has just
3: gone up uh, just yesterday in actual fact
1: brilliant anything particularly uh, noteworthy in there that we should be looking out for
3: um, well, the, uh, for the, for those who are based in the UK, there's a, a note about the MPG awards, which is just, the nominations are just open. So if anybody wants to vote for anybody, uh, who's worthy of a nomination, be it best producer or best engineer, or best remixer, uh, the nominations are now open. We, we are kind of one of the sponsors, one of the media sponsors, and News is one of the sponsors. Last year I presented the, um, the award for, uh, best, uh, was it um, uh, Unsung Hero? Unsung Hero um, in the studio world. And, I didn't get uh, that
1: call, Dave. What's going on? Uh, well, uh, you, to, you nominate
3: yourself this time, Nick. <laughs> but we, we had at the actual awards, which were on February the 12th. We were very, very lucky because we, we brought back the Brit Award and we gave it to Bernard Butler. And um, uh, we had uh, Duffy present it to Bernard Butler on that evening. And then, of course, six days later, she cleaned up at uh, the, uh, the, the Brit's and you know won three and then i think did she win a grammy as well i'm not sure but anyway uh she you know she she got uh she got at least two brit awards maybe even three so you can imagine how difficult it would have been to get her along after she would won the awards you know and fortunately we had uh we had her just before so Perfect. so it was quite an event we had calvin harris there we had brian eno and uh this year we're hoping to uh, to, to better that so uh so if you are eligible to, to vote and you're sort of UK-based, then, then please um, visit the MPG website and um, get nominated.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. And, uh, well, let's say hello to our last guest, uh, Mr. Rich Hilton, in, uh, Hi. who's in the Stateside, back, back on dry land um, off the island. Yep. Back home, and thank
4: you, Nick. Always
1: a pleasure to be here. And sounding very nicely CAD. I have to Sounds say. Very good
4: glad to hear that yes no the, i will not be repeating that headphone abomination <laughs> okay. but uh on the subject of trees and i've already told the dylan story uh but i do have another tree story which is that the global drum project which was mickey hart's percussion group of about a year and a half ago yeah opened their show with a duet of mickey hart and zakir hussein playing on two large pieces of old growth forest with various hammers and chisels and hands and things like that, and they did a fantastic piece of music on them.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's surely interesting. I mean, you would be surprised to know how many sounds you can make with, uh, with a tree. Uh,
1: well, how many uh, instruments oh. you can make with a tree, even.
2: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got this
3: old violin, and if you hit it the right way, it makes a great smashing sound.
1: It's lovely when you start sawing it, it has a particular yeah. quality to it.
3: Yeah. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> think when you find it's quite perverse
3: that, you know, we, since Diego's been on the show, it's moved away from talking about bleeping noises and, you know, and to, to sand and trees and, by the end of the year, it's going to be the organic Sonic State show, and we're, we're going to be, um, have some people talking about yoghurt or something like that. We Is could,
1: that- yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a way, Diego, you can get the sound of yoghurt cells replicating and turn that into <laughs> some kind of music too. <laughs> I got
2: I got someone asking me for the music from a sand for a yoga DVD actually. <laughs> oh, really <laughs> oh. Yeah 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 yeah. Hey well that,
1: that that might actually be a really good point to go into. Did anyone see the Cymatics video? <laughs> I was just thinking that was very yogatee. What a beautiful link that was. Oh, oh fantastic. fantastic. Did you see great. that that was amazing. This uh, brilliant. This is something that um, The chat, uh, Synthtopia found, um, who incidentally, if people are wondering, uh, um, James, who uh, writes for Synthtopia, is also writing stories for us and he's brilliant. We love his work. He's great. And he found this story. And this was um, a video on YouTube uh, created by Make Magazine, a guy called Colin Cunningham, who is the sort of, uh, I guess he's the audio nerd and he wore a white coat and everything and made quite a quirky video. But it was just, I'll play the beginning um, because it's really quite, It's more of a visual thing than anything, but I just want to play it anyway.
4: Cinematics is the study of visible sound and vibration. Let's say you play a sine wave through a speaker attached to a dish of water. Depending on what frequency you play, a pattern will be made in the dish of water.
1: And that looks right, really quite interesting.
4: Now, the effects on water are interesting on their own. But by mixing some of that water with about twice as much cornstarch, we get what's called a non-Newtonian fluid, a substance that flows like a liquid, but under stress stiffens into sort of a solid. And this makes for some rather interesting results under strong vibration. Watch what happens as I turn up the amp using a sixty hertz wave.
1: Obviously, you can't watch, but I can honestly tell you that it is something that is so visceral and weird that I kind of had nightmares about it. It was inc- <laughs> it was it was really bizarre. I don't think I've ever quite um, I'm quite recovered from it. To be perfectly honest, yeah, brilliant though, brilliant stuff.
2: Yeah, it would be great to see it in a bigger scale, you know, see, like, a huge uh, amount of this stuff moving around. With yeah, attacking a city.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I, I well, That's the, the first thing I thought when I saw it was... It's um, the blob, isn't it? It looks like some kind of amateur blob movie effect. <laughs> right, right. But uh, when but you... It, sorry, go, Diego.
2: I was just going to say, it could be in sync, though. It's like the blob in sync, you make it... Uh, <laughs> go up and down based on the, on the soundtrack. There's
1: got to so, be a music video in there somewhere, hasn't there? Definitely. It's some you know, some Sound London thing. The, the, it's funny yeah. it's because you, you're watching it, you get transfixed by it, and then he sticks his finger
3: in it, and you remember that you're looking at something that's only a couple of inches across, rather yeah. than, you know, that's something that's going to attack, attack New York.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know, but the thing is, when he puts his finger in it, it does sort of attack his finger and try to cut well, it. Grow. Does, it, does, it does have
3: sort of certain sort of um, uh, sentient qualities about it, doesn't it? It looks like it's looking up at him at one stage. S- so it is very strange.
1: Yeah, you've got to check it out. Cymatics. I'm. I'm going to get me. I was actually. I went to a car boot sale on Sunday, and I was desperately. I was looking for a subwoofer. Yeah, and a hot and get, glue and get your gun,
3: cornstarch mix, and yeah. see if you can do it. And uh, imagine, yeah. but
1: but if you put this stuff, this is obviously very poor radio, but visually, I mean, it's it, it was it was if you put maybe <laughs> um, food coloring in it and something like that, you could get or it was black or you know dark. It'd just be kind of astonishing.
2: Yeah, I thought the same. So you, your nightmares have been in multicolours or just uh, white?
1: Yeah, just white at the moment. <laughs> I don't dream in colour just yet. Rich, did
2: you? Oh, oh no, yet. <laughs> I'm going to go and watch it again as soon
1: as uh, we finish here. Yeah. You could just- you, you don't watch it, Rich. If you're easily e- if you're easily freaked <laughs> out, I think you should leave it well alone. <laughs> 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 but yeah, great great story there from uh, from the Synthtopia guy, James. Uh, right, well let's go back to the top of the list and look at the new Brazil modular. Um, and I will, uh, I think I'm going to play a clip for that because I have one.
0: So this is or Bazille or Bazille or Brazil. ...whatever you want to call it. Batsille is German for bacteria. So, what is it? It is a... ...modular synthesizer. A virtual modular synthesizer. And it's quite different from... ...normal modular synthesizers. This one is
1: distorted noise. Sure is. I don't think I've ever heard anybody quite so laid back in my entire (laughs) life.
2: Me neither. I was actually so psyched out from the tone of the
3: speech. (laughs) I I thought, you know, I was listening to I thought he was going to say, and now I'm taking off my trousers.
1: (laughs) I I was listening to this uh, to make that recording, and Andy's in the office as well, and he said it sounded like, um, um, who was it you said? Leonard Cohen on some kind of sedative. <laughs> it was, it, it's It's the same, as transfixing yet repellent at the same time. But the synthesizer sounds absolutely wonderful. And this looks like a real, this is basically the new Yuhi, which is Urs Heckman. And I'm assuming that is Urs's voice um, telling us about the Basil Modular, And it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. It's not out till uh, 2010 and it's uh, rather kind of, proudly says it's complicated tricky to learn but and is in currently an alpha which apparently there are alpha versions of around but uh, as everybody knows the the yuhi zebra is uh, one of those uh, synths that everybody really raves about and uh, and this is looks like it's going to be something to really check out uh, now diego i don't know kind of what's to what level you use synthesizers yourself other than obviously spectrosonics products but uh, i wondered whether or not you you're familiar with any of the yuhi stuff and whether this is something that you like the look of
2: I had a chance to listen to some of the... Da- I never really tried the Zebra, but I had a chance to listen to the sounds, and I, and I like it. It, it. it really sounds good. Regarding the Bazille modular, uh, of course, it's a modular synth, and it looks a little bit complicated, especially because you have to patch it yourself to make some sounds out of it. But uh, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely definitely interesting. I I met um, Urs at the Nam Show just briefly in 2008. He's a cool guy. Eh? <laughs> I I wasn't expecting that that voiceover movie style. It was.
1: Really <laughs> it does sound like he was hamming it up a bit, to be honest.
2: <laughs> but anyway, it, it was it was nice to see, and and uh, I'm glad he's working on something like this because it's really an interesting thing. It looks like he's
1: got some really cool. Um, sort of f- functions i like the idea that you can multiple patch out of the same source to multiple destinations and then if you press option or shift or whatever you can move all of those patches to yet another to to to, to another source so on mass and so it's really easy to, to experiment things but uh, i don't know but rich hilton are you um are you, do, you, do you have time in your life for the modular way even if it is software i'd like to
4: play i'd like to play with this thing it looks great to me um and it is a humorous narration indeed I- yeah was wishing Hans were there to translate for me because um, <laughs> it wasn't a level of English I understood no um he did he did fine and I like the synth and I'd like to play around with this thing it would probably be fun
1: yeah well 2010 is when it's coming I, I mean one of the things that uh, this does raise up and it's one of the things that uh, I mean I recently did the dope for dark energy review which I really enjoyed which is kind of semi-modular but really it's it raises that question which is the idea of modulus is great but who who has time,
3: has time. to yeah. work
1: with modular synthesizers? And does is there a different relationship with a modular software synthesizer than there is with a hardware? Is it easier? Because obviously with a hardware one, what tends to happen is you spend ages messing around, you come up with something that is just just so, and then you think, Oh, now I can't change anything because I'll never get the sound back again. Whereas obviously with software you can do it um right. you can save it to disk and stuff.
2: Right. Uh huh to, to me the the main difference is the experience on having a a modular in front of you or in front of inside the screen inside a monitor i mean it's not the same uh, the The beauty of working with modulars is that you have this huge beast I'm talking about a Moog modular. of course you have this MOog beast in front of you and and it's fun to manually patch everything so there yeah. is a physical experience uh, related to creating the sound. With a piece of software, uh, it's different. Of course, you're just moving your mouse, and uh, it's not the same. Uh, the benefits of having a software, it's uh, <laughs> obviously, without any doubt, you can save patches, uh, you can uh, make mistakes, and then uh, maybe there is a way to, for, from the synth uh, to tell you, no, you need to patch this cable sure, to that yeah. uh, thing to make it happen. But um, in my, my opinion, uh, this kind of... Synth, it's more for people that really wants to learn uh, how synthesis works, so they really want to start from scratch uh, and follow the chain and learn uh, uh, really well how synthesis works.
1: Right, so sort of Uh, educational thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and,
2: and, and along the way, making great sounds. Of course, it's not just a, um, like a boring exercise uh, trying to make something. It, it's really an, a nice way to learn uh, things that maybe you don't know. You know, because you you, you really build the sound uh, step by step. That that's the the huge benefit of using a modular in my experience. Yeah.
1: Well, in the chat room, we've got Howard Scar, who I know has done a lot of patches for the Zebra, and he says, yes, that is Urs's voice, and he is really cool. I know he is. We've met him. We're just having a bit of a laugh with it because he sounds so sort of uh, sort of uh. quite quite morose in the video, but it's quite compelling at the same time. He also says um, the best thing of Brazil is the four multiples, which are these. Uh, there's a, In the second of the three videos, there's a bit explaining the multiples, which are actually dedicated uh, mixers. There are four channels of four-channel mixers where you can uh, frequency modulate and and, uh, ring modulate and amplitude modulate and mix and blend and all sorts of things. And that is really cool. And I'm sure Howard, who is a fine sound designer, will be uh, exacting his skills upon the uh, Brazil when it comes to patch-making time. I certainly do hope so. But anyway, hi to Howard Scar in the chat room. Um, Dave, are you... you, I mean, you know, you're a busy guy. Do you think... Yeah, What I...
3: (coughs) I'm a bit out of loop on on some of the 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 uh, these type of systems, but um, I I got feel the feeling I was watching the video, and and other than reminding me of kind of the Roland modular and the the, the Moog modulars that I've played with a long time ago, and uh, I wondered what it was I was I was looking at, and then he he. Um, <laughs> I didn't get, as, you know, of was are falling asleep and feeling slightly sexy because of his voice? <laughs> uh, but but um, he, he, he said, oh, there's a cool function called the fractal processing or something.
1: Which oh, Fractal he, resonance, yes. The fractal cool. resonance, which
3: just sounded like a, a PWM function to me. Um, and he turned it on, it was like, uh, and you can modulate it, you can link it to the LFO, great. But I thought it's just a kind of a, it's just another type of LFO. I was expecting something... Weird and wonderful and really it was just, um, I don't know, have we not, is there not something out there that does all this with phase phase distortion and FM and PWM, isn't there an all in one synth somewhere that's been around and done all this and the multiple multiple outputs um, which which, um, both Howard mentioned and and you praised Nick. Um, that's a great selling point, but is it really doing anything... Uh, yeah, but you've got, to be- you've got to
1: bear in mind that the, uh, the, the Yuhi stuff actually sounds really good as well. You know, it's the same way as saying, you know, what's the difference between a Moog 55 and, you know, a Dopefer? You know, they both have their... Do you know what right, I mean? There okay. is a, there is a quality of sound to the zebra oh, stuff actually, which well, is I've massively. I've
3: on, on, on a YouTube video when I'm listening to it through earphones and the uh, my,
2: my yeah you can re- really relate on to the, the tube. The no, YouTube of course upstairs, not. Yeah. It
1: never could really. It never could. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be quite interesting. But yes, I think it's a matter of. It is time, isn't it? I, I think time invested in a software modular is probably uh, better invested. Is, is well invested, but well, um, I agree.
3: I was going to say, I agree with Diego completely. When if you if you had something like that in the classroom and you're doing your um, synthesizers one hundred and one. Um, then, then, fantastic, and, and, and inter- but then again, you want something a bit where you were kind of you started with uh, with the oscillator and took it through a VCA and a VCF and and uh, you know an EG and all that kind of stuff, and maybe it, you, you didn't have all the functionality. You, you you had something that was a little bit more stripped back to teach people with. But if you were if you're maybe on synthesizer two oh one, perhaps, um, and you wanted a bit more uh, to, to advance people's knowledge, then that's great, but I'm sure you haven't just designed it as a as a teaching tool, and and therefore, you know, unless you're Tamita. And you've got nothing else to do for your, the, the, the few years you're still alive, um, than fiddle around with your, the um, then, um, and don't get me started on him because, uh, yeah, anyway, but, um, <laughs> it, uh, uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh wow. it took two hours to create this sound, oh, really? Um, you know, who, who has got time? I think that's the, that's the thing. And we, I don't think we should measure everything in terms of, Time because you, then you go, well, just buy a central load of presets. But you don't all want presets, do you? Because where's the creativity? It's that, it, it, it's that um, rock and hard place, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But maybe this is, this is too much of a fiddly of a, a thing.
2: Uh... I think the people that would like to play with these instruments are people that have a different approach in sound designing, their own stuff. That I know there are people out there that love to create sounds from scratch and they, and they love to have full control even if the sound at the end is not that exciting but the process of getting there has been exciting for them. Yeah. So uh, that probably justifies using a synth like that and also it's interesting to know that still uh, a modular synthesizer because you you understand it but sometimes you don't you know you just get to a point where you, you're trying to work out
3: what's going on yeah. yeah,
2: because you have a lot of stuff connected and patched and it looks really complicated you might get sounds that are very interesting and yeah. not necessarily you need to uh, you just have to maybe you make a sound and then you record it and you can use that sound into a more friendly user uh, sampler or something like that yeah. 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 That's yeah. what a I lot of a people do. Then yeah. just shift it up and down. Yeah. And then,
1: no, then what you do is you create a bank of presets and you sell them to somebody else, which is hey. kind of, which I think is kind of how it works really for a lot of people. Anyway, um, I, I, I'd love to dwell on it a bit longer, but it's the, only the first of many topics. Um, but anyway, the new Brazil modular from you, he, you uh, I believe Howard Scar will be involved in sound design. And uh, I think it's going to be a good one, um, but uh, let's move on quickly to some actual hardware as well, because uh, there is, um, there is some. Uh, I don't think I've got any sound. I thought I did have some sound, but uh, I seem to have uh, misplaced it. Anyway, the new Dave Smith Instruments Tetra, which is a kind of four channel version of the Mofo, uh, was announced. Um, probably just did too late to make it into last week's podcast. Uh, four voice multi. It's a, It's basically a, a four voice synthesizer with. Um, based on the Profit 08 structure, but you can link them together to create a multi a, a, a up to 16 voices or use it to expand your profit 08 to uh to give it 12 or 16 voices too so it's quite a flexible looking thing and it's going to be uh, 799 US 489 it seems to be listed uh, in the UK at the moment it's got Curtis chips uh, they say about it tetra is our next generation analog polysynth uh, takes the award winning sound and features the mofo multiplies them by four and packs them into a box less than half an inch larger amazing um so will anybody be ordering i've I've got one in on i've ordered one for review so i'm really looking forward to getting that because i seem to be on a roll with reviewing synthesizers at the moment so i, I definitely want to check this one out i have uh I, I did try the uh evolver when it first came out and i really did enjoy that um so i'm I, i'm suspect that uh, this is going to be a bit of a hit too uh
2: it's 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 definitely. I mean, the sound. Uh, <laughs> it, it's no questions about it. It's great the, to me. What is really appealing is the little button, the push, push it button. Yes, <laughs> I would just spend time just push that. It's like the you know when Alice in the movie she gets the box, uh, eat me, drink me. <laughs> it's like push push. Yeah, the button. <laughs> the, that's the first thing I noticed. Is, oh, well, what happens if I push that button? It's gonna make a crazy sound, something yeah. like. Because I I I always really like a uh, random things in synths you know that just mm-hmm. uh, you push a button and then the synths freak out and, and you can get something crazy out of it that, so that's <laughs> it has so
3: what some, it does it sets everything to a random setting does it i don't know
1: some synths do have that though don't or they where you to get an electric shock <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that would be great it Has like a buzzer <laughs> in it that just kind of or oh, this yeah. lights up Says, so don't push this again yeah <laughs> right <laughs> uh rich i know you're a big fan of dave smith stuff are you uh, you thinking of getting one to expand on your Prophet 08 keyboard that you've ordered the uh, signed copy coming to you soon i believe
4: yes it is coming to us soon and uh not looking to expand it yet but think it's a fantastic little synthesizer opportunity for people this thing because the sound is just going to be incredible and uh yeah, sure, it's a very small number of controls for a very large analog signal path, and I understand all that, but for the money and what you get and the push it button, uh, yeah. like Diego said, I think it's great. I, I love the idea. I'm just happy to see guys like Dave Smith and Tom Oberheim making stuff now.
1: He's, I there's mean, There's actually stuff out there I want. He's actually doing so much of it as well, isn't there? There's, there's tons of this. I mean, they've, they've got kind of quite a serious release schedule. I mean, obviously, the uh, Lindrum Mark II has, uh, has gone back... Significantly, as a result, but um, you know, well, at least we're getting these instead. And he's such a nice guy, Dave Smith. I've said it before, and I'll say it again.
4: Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to know because I haven't met him. Have you he
1: not? He's a wonderful bloke. Really, he's nice. a
4: legend. I mean, when you get past guys like Moog Bukla, oh, yeah. um, uh, the EMS guy with the letter Z in his name, I can't Zinoviev. remember his last. Name. Yeah, Zinoviev, and uh, when you get past those guys to the next generation pioneers, Dave Smith is at the top of the class. Yeah, I, I mean, would, there might be one or two other guys to discuss like Roger Lynn at, in that class, but in that top class. But Dave Smith is just – and this stuff sounds incredible. I was so blown away by the sound of The Prophet 08. Have you got yours yet? Well, we, got, we put one in in uh, the Island studio. Ah, uh, okay. We put in the rack version. In the island studio, so I had a good chance to play around with it and listen to it, and it just sounded fantastic. It's the impact. Maybe I've just been lulled by ten years of VIs, but I'm starting to become a hardware junkie again. And the Profit '8 represents that. And there's a there's a guy on one shoulder screaming at me to buy one of those Oberheim SEMs with the patch points in it. I don't know why. I'm just like you refocusing. You gotta get, you're gonna get all of those. I don't know if I'm gonna. Is it, get is right. it like
1: regression? Rich, is that the kind of, do you feel like, is that what it feels like? Well, it's
4: more of a rejuvenation of a long dormant monster inside of me that likes (laughs) analog, likes, uh, like Diego said, the physical process of being involved in the sound creation that you get from a modular rig, or even a good hybrid modular rig, like an R26 or something, where you have the opportunity to patch things, but you don't have to, and um It's all very exciting and and enjoyable to me, that part of the creative process. And I miss it, along with a few other things like human interaction in the studio.
2: Yeah. So, uh,
4: you know, it's exciting. It's kind of reinvigorated me.
2: Yeah. I mean, those small scenes, they they somehow give you back the experience of messing with, you know, the real uh, faders and stuff. And besides, That's so important, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's also important to remind that Dave Smith, uh, Oberheim, these people, they set the standard for what today we consider a great synth sound. So when we when we think about the Prophet, you know, the original Prophet, those pads, okay, uh, people still refer to those pads as warm sounding, great sounding. So th- these guys uh, did, did a lot, not just building the machines, but also setting the what we consider the standard in synthesizers, or mm. the the the. the of course,
1: John, John Bowen did a lot of patch design and uh, architecture design for the Dave Smith stuff as well, which is I think he's got fairly unsung in that whole process too. But yeah, I, I would totally agree. So oh, let uh, us sing, let us sing. We love John. Yeah, he's sometimes in the chat room. I don't think he's there today. Um, mm-hmm. Dave Robinson. Well, yep. th- when was the last? Synth that you got? Have you? I mean, I know you're kind of very much in the sort of pro audio uh, installation and, and live sound world. I mean, do you get the chance to kind of buy and you know play? Well, the, the last the last thing
3: I the, the last thing I got hold of really was a there's a as I think I mentioned before, and I was I actually played it out live um at my 40th birthday of like course nice. happy that's birthday really... we did oh, we, well. we did actually
1: wish happy you happy birthday on mass last week as well. oh well that's very funny because last uh, this
3: time last week i mean it was my actual 40th last wednesday but by four o'clock i must tell you that if you don't mind just digressing just for a certain uh, just for a slight second the weirdest not. thing happened my our office here is in Blackfriars by the river and we all went down the pub which is about half a mile down the road. Um, At some point in the afternoon, you can look this up online, but at some point during the afternoon at about 3 o'clock, the police recognised a wanted man... Um, near Southwark Station, and he brought a gun out and fired a shot. Um, and shot sh- and fired a shot at them. Right, oh, so they cordoned off the area between our office and the pub. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't go back to work. So there was a, well, there was a load of people coming down. Um, you know, um, some people coming down to, to to the pub, and I started getting these text messages going. Dave, you won't believe this, but the police have cordoned off the road, and we cannot physically come down to your birthday. That you know, they were having. To walk all the way around the the outside of the cordon, um, because you know the the, the police were uh, were sort of s- circling and trying to hem this guy in. And I looked up the road and I could just see these blue lights everywhere. and I was getting these text messages going, you know, Jesus, how difficult is it oh, to no. get to your birthday, David? So it's just <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing. And it turned out that you know he he he'd, he'd uh, let off this um, this gun. It was like New York, um, you know, no offence yeah. to New Yorkers, but it was it was that kind of it was just so completely weird. But I just thought, what? day for it's happened my birthday fantastic
1: i'm so glad i hadn't come all the way up to london to find that i couldn't actually make <laughs> the last couldn't actually physically get to the pub yeah. that would sound a little bit like the last time i went up to london and missed the boat for the yamaha bash by <laughs> half an hour after spending five hours in traffic i would have been exceedingly um miffed but uh, anyway so
3: um i was playing around the calculator and and uh, at a performance and it's you can track it down online it's uh, if anybody wants to watch it it's it's a version of america's horse with no name <laughs> done with um guitar and chaos K- later and keyboard um it's, it's interesting <laughs> I'm,
1: not, I will. Oh, I'm, I'm dressed as the pope i think you should send me the link for that for the show notes just so that we can I, celebrate I will we'll celebrate but, but um other than that yeah, I, as i say I'm, unfortunately but
3: i see this and i hear you guys talking about it and I, i've actually i've ended up on the um the Dave Smith uh, Instruments mailing list and they've offered me one to, to play with and I'm sort of very tempted because we wouldn't review it but it, it just looks, it looks great, you know, a few simple controls and I know the heritage that, that this man has got with all of the profits and, uh, the, you know, sequential circuit stuff and and it, it I think it's great that people are actually making boxes, physical boxes, as Diego says, you know, that you want to get your hands on it rather than just another plug in and sit there with a laptop. Because I saw a bit of that at the Big Chill at the weekend. I saw a guy called Helios who's out of, uh, it was at Berkeley, and he sort of does this kind of music creation with, but it was terribly dull to watch, you know, just him clicking away with a a, a mouse and a laptop. It's no good, is it? Uh, um, not really, but when you can actually get there and, and twist a few knobs and actually... You know, and, and it, Obviously, it's good for the, the the market. It's good for the retail stores. It's good for the whole market where actually somebody's making physical boxes that have a premium, that have a price rather than just a bit of software that somebody might be able to crack and get for nothing. I think that's very important. So, you know... I agree, is, uh, although not
1: all the hardware since they're that good. I've just reviewed the Gothaman's Demoon, um, which went live today, uh, and uh, I, I didn't find that I connected with that particularly, but it's still, again... Great to have a boutique synth manufacturer, uh, and then you know. Uh, well, they're not all going to be
3: superstars, are they? But of course, it's good that somebody's out there doing it.
1: Right. Well, um, I better do an ad. I That's better do an way. ad. I just realised that we're actually doing a sponsored show, and uh, it's time for me to read uh, one of the ads from one of our great sponsors, and uh, at this point I'd like to say uh, thank you very much to Roland.co.uk for continuing to sponsor the show. Uh, obviously, um, we've been talking about their Juno DI uh, over previous weeks, and uh, recently I had the chance to review it. So now I can speak from a, a position of actual uh, first-hand experience. And the Juno DI is a professional synthesizer uh, with over a 1,000 sounds. They're kind of phantom-based um it's sort of preset from the front panel but you do get the opportunity to edit them all via software uh, there's a mic input which allows you to process a mic with reverb uh, and sort of mix that into them into the overall output there's also a song player midi file player which plays mp3s aif's and uh, midi files as i've said uh, battery operated so you can in fact take it on the road and uh, do the gig in the bus or in the park Even though it's a low-budget keyboard, it's still very much a player's keyboard, and there's so many sounds on there, I actually found it really inspiring to use, and I really enjoyed myself when I was using it. So I thoroughly recommend, if you're looking for a sort of cheap replacement keyboard, and I use the word cheap in the sense of UK rather than US, it's a low cost. Inexpensive. Inexpensive as well, I mean, Uh, it's uh, the roland.co.uk, and check out the Juno DI and see if there's a, a dealer near you, or obviously go to the... A us website and check that out as well and what, what sort of cost are they nick uh that's about 500 uk pounds and i think it's 700 U- dollars all right and it's 128 note polyphonic and you just it there's a lot of great i mean it's not you know it's not a really flexible amazing powerful synthesizer but it's got a lot of really usable sounds in there that are just inspiring to play i think you'd like it dave actually you should check well it i out. had
3: a quick play with one of the limb show just, just very briefly and it did look kind of um, it did look quite nice and I like the fact that it was portable as well and uh, yeah. you could take it with you
1: and it, 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 it's a great keyboard so Roland.co.uk thank you very much for your continued sponsorship and uh, I'm proud to say um, that I've reviewed the Juno DI and I really enjoyed it so I'm speaking from experience so go and check out our Juno DI review and then, then go and buy one or something and tell them we sent you then they'll uh, keep keep coming back to us so anyway, um, what should we do next? We keep, seem to be flying through time, but not through topics. What, <laughs> uh, are there any topics here ah. that anyone would really like to uh, go to um, at a preference in terms of priority? Your, your drive thing is quite interesting. The drives, you. okay. Is that okay yeah. for everybody? Because, dr- I mean, obviously, we're all sure. generating a whole bunch of data at all times. And we, uh, we do occasionally talk about backup. I don't think we've talked about it for a couple of years and I'm sure that perhaps um, we've all maybe modified our backup techniques, or you know, thinking about how to do it. But th- there was this news on uh, Tech Radar, which basically uh, TDK recently did a presentation to a financial analysts, analyst which revealed a new manufacturing process that will allow them to put 640 gigs on a single HDD platter. Uh, and most of these things have kind of up to five platters. So basically, um, it That's could amazing. get up to 3.2 terabyte discs in a five and a half inch enclosure i presume that would be serial ata or whatever and I, I, my point was it's been a while since we discussed this uh, backup issue and data safety and what we're doing what, what are, you know diego you must generate tons of stuff just in field you recordings might. and figure out what do you do Wait. how do you whittle it down what do you save everything where do you do it how do you how do you do this
2: uh, I, I use the um, time machine the backup system from the Mac but uh, every time i'm I'm, I'm like uh, did I really back up this thing and and every time I need to back uh, let's say one folder it's like 50 gigs of stuff and it takes right. time and everything so I'm definitely welcoming new drives uh, all the time this 3.2 terabytes <laughs> it's a lot I, I hope I mean if it works fine it's definitely. It's definitely worth uh, the money because uh, we, we're always running uh, out of space, especially in these days. You keep increasing the uh, the, the the size of the files, d- and then uh, in, in my case, I record a lot of stuff, really a lot. Do you just back up in one place? I mean, I have multiple drives, and I and I and I keep separated. Th- I have the the drive where I, oh, I doesn't I up just the sound design. The drive where I back up just the tracks and everything. But still, it's a lot of work, and uh, and the thing is, I would like to have. Everything available uh, at the same uh, all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, so it, it's not really uh, back like ten years ago. I was backing up on on CDs and then DVDs, but then uh, it wasn't really working because I had to go back to the DVD load the session and everything when when I just needed one sound. So it, it's good to have everything always online, but uh, it's a lot of space. It's a lot of uh, sure. boxes all around the studio. That's not good.
1: So. I'm- But I mean, Dave. I guess most of the stuff that you generate—I mean, I guess you probably take loads of photos and what have you. Most of the stuff you generate is going to be text-based, so it's not so much of an issue, right?
3: Uh, Well, (laughs) now it's interesting, and this is why I wanted to talk about this because my uh, my hard drive broke um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, Uh. and this is just yeah, and this is just before I was going to put some compilations together for my for my birthday, and uh, you know, put some CDs and music that I wanted to hear, (laughs) and in the end. Um, you know, it was an iPod uh, plugged into a, the, the the ambient system in the in, in the venue, but I suddenly found myself. In, in the classic, oh, God, uh, my hard drive's broken, and, uh, it, and it just failed. It, it failed for no reason that I can actually discern. It was just sat there in, in my um, in my office, and I came to switch it on, and it had just failed. Yeah, they it had do that. Perished. Yeah, I mean, it was only three. It was a Lacey, and uh, I'm going to name names. It was a Lacey Porsche drive, and it was only three years old. It was a Firewire oh. drive as well, and it, and it failed on me. It was a 180-gig drive. So um, I'm in a situation where I've got it repaired, and fortunately, you know, uh, a friend of a friend managed to do it for a reasonable price, and he bought, uh, bought a new 300-gig uh, drive for, uh, you know, half the price that I paid for it. You know the usual story. And it cost me 90 quid for him to to, uh, to take all the data off it. But all of a sudden, it's like having your house burgled, isn't it? It's like having your car broken into. All of a sudden, you are ultra-sensitive about what you do. And I know that when the first opportunity... That I that I have when I've got some time in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go and buy myself a a second drive. Oh, you've got to. Have, yeah, yeah. But it's I've learned the hard way. I mean, okay, I haven't lost any of the data, and I had 50 gigs worth of uh, of music and um, and photos and stuff that. You know, photos that that I that, that I wouldn't ever want to lose, and all of a sudden, I nearly did lose them.
1: We had so, we had the same thing. We had a Lassie. Um, I think it was a network drive, and uh, it just came in one day, and it just went. It just didn't work anymore.
3: Yeah,
5: well, in it's, fact, a, it's to a real wake up
3: call. It's a real wake up call, and uh, you know, I will be backing up as much as I can from now on, and I. And you know, thank God, everything I, I could get everything back off the drive. But so uh,
1: is but so. Um, this is a general question: Is a three point two or larger terabyte drive better or worse? Because I mean, obviously, if that fails, then everything's gone, and then you know, I, I, I imagine they'll be really expensive to begin with. And you know, to have two of them is is a load of expense. I mean, Rich, you you have to, you know, you have a backup regime that has to be enforced and has to be bulletproof, doesn't it? So, I mean, what are you doing? And and would this sort of thing fit into your and well, presume, I
3: was going to say, Rich, presumably you've got some kind of RAID system, have you? And it's all, you know, you've got a, a, a studio area network or whatever it's called, and it's all sort of managed by a proper, you know, system software. And
4: I don't have it that elaborate, Dave, but um, this is a topic really near and dear to my heart because... Uh, data security and file management are the two unsung topics that rule our lives and basically control the efficiency of how we work and what we save and what we lose. And yeah, yeah. it's all too little discussed and uh, it's all too little formalized. And I have had a unique opportunity over the 21 years with Nile Rogers to experience a guy who sometimes wants to open a project we haven't touched in eight or ten years. And sure. um, so I have to be I had to learn how to be diligent about this. And I still have some serious questions about the long term solutions for this. But in terms of short term solutions, because long term, I think we may have an enormous hole in our culture here because of the database uh, way we manage all kinds of files. But in the short term, what I do is this all projects that are being worked on after the first Thing gets recorded you during know, the first day of recording, exist simultaneously as on two drives that I keep and mirror in, uh, individually as per project. In other words, I maintain that on a daily basis. So I've always got a project on at least two hard drives, and I've always got that project backed up to at least two AIT2 two turbo tapes. So right. I've got four copies of the thing, two of them on tape and two of them on disc. And the reason for that is I've had discs fail, and I've even seen two discs fail the same day. Uh. And I've had tapes fail on the sixth tape of an enormous backup set. Not good. And um on the each, same day as the drive is
3: failing as well, I
4: hope. Not that wasn't the same day, no. But right. but uh, go for that. But um i will it, it, I will not accept the busted I will have to have two working tape backups and if that means restoring the entire project from backup one and rebacking it up to yet another backup set backup three to replace the busted backup two that 's what 's got to happen because i got to be able to go back and get these things to the best ability of the gear to support it and I say that like for example, I have here with me in, in this room uh so a an AIT OneDrive that connects via an old SCSI protocol that none of us use. Um, Were I to have to back up anything from that, it would be a bit of an ordeal because I'd have to buy a card and stick it in a computer just to be able to use the machine. And then you go ahead and you start loading the tapes and you find out that somewhere between 30 and 50% of your data is unrecoverable. And uh, that's what happened to me anyway about, I don't know, four or five years ago when I stuck a tape in from 1996. So I'm not convinced of the long-term solution on this, but short-term, I just want to have it on a bunch of different drives and on a couple of tape backups, and I feel like, for the most part, I'll be able to play it.
1: Yeah, well, that's pretty So I mean, I generally... I mean, I've started, like I say, i started working much more in the cloud in terms of just documents, but in terms of what's built here, I mean, I tend to record uh, the video uh, stuff I do. I record directly to disk. Um, I probably should go to tape, but I just find that it's an unnecessary So I record directly to disk, then as soon as I finish that, I back it up onto another drive, and that sits in one of those kind of little USB to SATA um, things on the desk, and I just, when I fill it up, I stick another one in. But really, we should get like a multi-system RAID. I mean, if I had a five-drive RAID with with five 3.2-terabyte disks in there, that should keep us going for quite (coughs) some time. I should think Mm -hmm. so. But, you know, we do have, we've probably got, six or seven or, you know, probably 10 terabytes of video data kicking around at any one time. Mm-hmm. Well, now, and
4: in addition to all of that, as if I haven't already said enough, as relates to system drives, I do use Time Machine, but I don't use it exclusively because you cannot boot from your Time Machine
2: drive. So I don't I, mean either. It, it's just something that happens. It goes oh, automatically. I don't really rely on it.
4: Well, I I really love it, and it saved me once or twice when I did need something that was there, you know, two weeks ago that isn't here now. But um, what I also do is I use uh, Apple's Disk Utility to create clone drives via their restore Uh function, which is a very strangely named function because I don't know anybody who uses it really to restore things. Pretty much everybody I know uses it to clone the system drive.
2: Well, actually, um, I did it once to restore uh, my drive that failed. Uh, so I had a Carbon Copy Cloner uh, backup, and I was mm-hmm. able to backup everything because I was really feeling bad that day. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, reinstall everything, go mm-hmm. look for uh, everything. Yeah, ever- I, use,
1: I use Carbon Copy Cloner to clone the... That's how I moved over to this uh, MacBook because I had my old MacBook Pro. I cloned the drive, uh, and then what I did is I imported all the data... To this machine uh, via the kind of Firewire, what it, you know, that you can clone the user and, and just bring everything yeah. in. And now I, well, I, ha- I need to do it again, actually. I need to do it. An, and then immediately once I set this up, I did a carbon copy clone of that. And I need to just keep that going so that I've got a, an exact mirror of this <clears throat> system.
4: Right. And may I say that the brilliant thing about Time Machine is that when you. You can format a brand new computer, stick an operating system on it, hook it up to a time machine drive and recall an entire user account and all the applications. And that's just amazing to me oh, that it's, you can it's do definitely that. That's a fantastic incredible.
1: feature. I don't yeah, I haven't got I haven't got into Time Machine but I should check it out. But I mean assuming there are, you know, there are, there right. are countless utilities for Windows uh, side of things as well. I mean obviously we need to make, the, the problem is with Windows obviously is even if your hardware is identical, but not exactly the same, you know, not the its the same speed, same memory, same what. It it won't restore without having to, without being able to reactivate because it's tied mm-hmm. to the hardware, and that is kind of a disadvantage. And it is, it's something that the Mac is not quite so stringent about, and that's uh, that is an advantage.
2: Well, it definitely is for a Mac. I mean, yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, you, you can swap drives uh, without too much problems, actually.
1: Right. Um, I better get another ad in, um, and then uh, we'll go on to quickly to a last topic. Um.
3: Well, Nick, I need to go because I can see Big Ben from here and it's saying five o'clock and I've really got to shoot. Oh, it
1: sounds like something from a J.M. Barry novel is (laughs) going to (laughs) happen to you.
3: I've only just noticed that I can... I mean, you're like this, America. I I can actually see
1: Big Ben. (laughs) (laughs) From your window. (laughs) From my window and it's saying it's just
3: before five, isn't it? I've got... No, that's my only means of telling the time, believe it or not.
1: No, well, I understand. Right, so I'm off, Um, but I'll speak to you again soon. Dave Robinson, prosoundnewseurope.com. Thank you very much. I'll send you the
3: link for the Chaos Awe Pope experience. Please do. You'll enjoy that.
1: Happy birthday, and thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, guys. Cheers.
3: See you later. Cheers, bye.
1: So uh well at uh, that particular um punctuation I will do the uh, the next one which is for loopmasters.com. Uh they're the number one website and sample CD distributor dedicated to bringing you the most inspirational collections of royalty free sounds. Uh they've been with us for quite some time now and they do release a lot of stuff uh, with a great regular basis. Uh, you should try it. There's a pure drum and bass, the Sufi dub sound system and there's a real strings Volume 1, which is Pads, and also another one called Fistful of Drummers. I really do uh, recommend you check them out. They've got a lot of sounds and a lot of loops uh, for you to try out. Loopmasters.com. We do have some free packs to give away. All you have to do is email free stuff at sonicstate.com and we'll forward you the information Uh, you get the opportunity then to uh, opt in or out of their mailing list obviously we'd uh, feel much better about it if you opted in because it would make us look great and uh, they'll keep coming back too but uh, obviously it's up to you Uh, and while you're at it uh, check out looptv.net, which is their sort of podcast domain Uh, they've got uh, episode four of their video podcast which has got an interview with adam freeland um, who's promoting his Cope LP uh, and uh, talking about life on the road. There's also a piece from Rob Jones uh, who's doing stuff about the new vocoder in Live 8. Uh, so check that out on uh, looptv.net. And in the meantime, uh, email us at freestuff at sonicstate.com to get your free sample packs. And just want to say thank you very much to Loopmasters for their continued sponsorship. So um, what would everybody like to finish off? Um, did uh, Does anyone know the IK Multimedia stuff? Because I thought uh, that was... I inc- do. That's I an incredible deal. Um uh,
2: it's insane. Yeah, at the moment, there's, there's a
1: deal on. Uh, basically, the IK are doing their own group buy. Um, you buy one plugin, which costs ninety nine dollars. Uh, depending on how many people sign up, you get up to six. Now uh, they had to hit. I think it was two thousand users for you to get six uh, plugins. And you know, if there was only one thousand, it was three, and it was incremental. But now it's hit at six. There's nineteen days left on the offer. For ninety nine bucks, you will get. The CSR Studio Reverb, the Vintage 2 Compressor, the Vintage EQ, which looks like a Pultec, uh, Brick Wall Limiter, Linear Phase EQ, Classic Compressor, Classic Multiband Limiter, Classic Clipper, Classic EQ, and a complete mastering suite. These are audio units, VST, RTAS, for Mac and PC, for $99, and there's 19 days left. So I think, perhaps, it's sort of one of those things that seems like a bit of a no-brainer, really, but I I don't use their stuff. I've used a little bit of uh, a sample tank. Uh, I haven't used it for a little while, there, but um, Diego, you use their stuff, right?
2: Yeah, I've got the the, the total package. I got the um, T-Rex uh, Three Deluxe with the new uh, EQ, the new compressor, and everything. It's a no-brainer for me. I mean, it, it works fine. It sounds great. The price is very affordable, and uh, I didn't know about the the promotion uh, when I got it. But even with the promotion, it, it, it's just worth it. I mean. Uh,
1: yeah I mean this is it's 99 bucks I don't know what it works out at, but it's kind of like 600 bucks of pro- plugins for 99 bucks
2: yeah I mean it, it does what it is supposed to do uh, I mean it's a mastering suite, but you can also use those models uh, as an insert uh, on different tracks if you want uh, It's not you know stopping you by using them on just a guitar track or drums and um, I can only have good words for it because it, it sounds good to me and, right uh, I'm, I'm, I'm using it.
1: I, I think I might go over and do that for ninety-nine bucks. I mean, you know, I—I I mean, we don't have any kind of commercial arrangement with IK. I just thought, wow, that is a good deal. Um, Rich, are you, do you use any IK stuff? I guess you're no. of TDM, really, aren't you? So it's probably not. Oh, they've done TDM. Oh, okay.
4: Right. And uh, they've been around for years. And my answer is an unequivocal no. Ah. <laughs> um, however, that said, this is a very nice deal for somebody who likes their stuff.
1: Yeah. I think I might check it. The interfaces look nice as well. For 99 bucks, I think, you know, even if... Well, they've,
4: they've polished up some fancy GUIs, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you what drove me nuts about them. I felt like I was spending half of my life reauthorizing their problems every mo- their products every month, and I just said, no more of this. Oh, really? What's that? did do that- not get that much of my attention for life, you know, for your amplitude or whatever it is, you know, the T-Rex oh, stuff. Can't. The stuff was constantly asking me to reauthorize itself. Constantly on the same hard drive without anything. It just it was it was maddening. It was so maddening. I said, you know what? Enough. I really well. Maybe they've sorted never it had out. any
2: of those problems before. I mean, it, it, maybe <laughs> it's a lucky exception. But uh, once authorized, I've been using them on uh, different systems and never had any issue with uh, authorization. Even this last one that I authorized, it was really quick. And uh, are they
1: iLock or are they no,
2: a challenge response? No, no, it's a challenge response. That's why I like them.
1: Okay.
4: That's yeah. funny.
2: That's why I don't. <laughs> well, so well, well, listen. Of- I have both. I have both. I have stuff on iLog and stuff on Challenge Response, and uh, I'm not really partisan for any for each. Uh, I I just I really don't care. I mean, each company decides what to do, and uh, to me, what's right. important is that it works and it's fast. Uh, the Challenge Response is good because you can authorize it on multiple machines. It's the same thing with Spectrasonics. You know, it's like uh, yes. not tying you to. Uh, Hardware dongle, so you can have five computers in your studio with five running copies of the same software, which is good. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other hand, of course, uh, you might encounter problems uh, like the ones that you did, uh, but, I, I, but I, I don't really know why because uh, I can't really give you any advice. I don't, I didn't have I
4: don't either, copies. but it was years ago, and I hope they have got it. So uh, right. I'm sure.
1: Oh, in I'm in about- the meantime, I, don't, I can't imagine that, the, that, that that sort of problem would continue for. It yeah, happened. That's... I'd try. I'd wait two years. I'd try
4: it again. It would do the same you know, on a different computer. It would do the same thing. It was no. It wasn't like one isolated incident because uh, I kept going back and trying them again. Huh. And
1: now they're. I don't even look at their emails. Right. <laughs> uh, <I don't, laughs> well, so I don't, and, this, and actually, this piece Spectre's, has everything. It has kind of pros and cons. So a nice balanced Spectre, look.
4: Spectre Sonics is the only software I keep on my computer
1: that I am willing to keep and having to
4: reauthorize whenever I have to load a new system. I think it's well, the only copy. It's the only uh, challenge response software I think I have left in my life, and I will keep it despite the challenge <laughs> response, because I love it. Because you really
2: but, love the iLock.
4: <laughs> no, it's not even so much that I love the iLock. I hate all of this stuff. But, but oh, really?
2: Oh, I thought you, you were. In, but no, I it works. Personally.
4: Though, and I can yeah, take yeah. it anywhere, and I can go to California with it. And uh, yes, I,
2: it I don't works, have. To, uh, I'm so scared to lose it. You have no idea because if by accident I lose the iLock, yeah, you and go. It's, it's gone. Paperwork. And then uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't have personal experience because I never lost one, but I heard about uh, people saying that it, it's quite challenging to get back your authorizations. You you need mm-hmm. to prove them that you're the legal owner and everything. So mm-hmm. in case, mm-hmm. let's say you're working on a production and there's no time, uh, it's gone. I mean, you can't really say, no, hold on, I need to call the company to authorize uh, the software that I uh, purchased and everything challenge response it's uh, online 24 7 and that's what i like about it yeah right but,
1: yep. okay yeah yeah i got you. yep well Fair anyway um i came ultimedia get over and check it out i mean for 99 bucks it seems like a, a bit of a no-brainer if that's what you want and i'm sure they must have they, they can't have, have continued challenge response issues anyway but um <laughs> who knows i guess we're all mac people now isn't it did you see that apple scripting uh, piece that i uh, that, that was yeah. up there
5: Hey everybody, Mike Charles here for DJ Tech Tools, and today you are going to see in action how I use Automator to optimize my Mac before a set. So now we are going to show how we use Automator to optimize our Mac. So moving into an Automator workflow, you're going to see that this is my Automator workflow. I am going to first quit all applications except the program that I am using to record this screencast. We are then going to run an Apple script, which will toggle airport on or off. Launch system preferences, and then watch me do is a uh, recording action. You can use the record button up here, and it will record uh, mouse clicks. And there's a whole bunch of mouse clicks in here that you'll see in action in a minute. Then quit uh, the application system preferences and then launch audio hijacked pro and then i have an apple script which will launch Traktor pro i find it to be a little bit faster when launched via apple script so i mean it's it's a bit dry that
1: piece but once you watch the video it's pretty impressive and i i, I kind of thought i'd sort of forgotten about apple script i haven't really used it for ages does any of you guys use it for anything i, I rich you strike me as the sort of guy who might have the odd script going
4: well, I did uh, until the end. I understand now that Automator, which is the program he's making reference to, uh, has sort of supplanted it for the same functions. And it works a little bit more like a real time quick keys record scenario uh, than Apple Script, which was really just literally scripting. I, I read a magazine article at one point about Apple Script and decided to try my hand at it and wrote myself a few simple scripts to do a few simple things and thought, yeah, this is cool. And I still have those scripts on both the computers that are sitting open in front of me, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah. I don't use them as often as I used to, but I can go into them and modify them to do other things if I want to. Now I'd heard that this automator program had kind of replaced Apple script and found it and created an easier interface to do that same kind of thing. And I, I think it's wonderful for uh, repetitive tasks or for a, a, an initial setup for a particular task that requires a number of different actions to take place. It's a beautiful thing to be able to say one thing and have all of those things happen. And the next thing you know is you're looking at your entire workflow in front of you ready to go.
1: I'm kind of, I'm, I'm thinking I'd like to have a button to press to go, I'm going to do the podcast now. If I could get and it, it to actually do, the- all of
4: your, and it launches all the software and puts it all where you want it, and does everything between that and whatever spaces, if you use it or expose
1: that, yes, you can, you can move all that stuff around and have it all available to you. That's what I like the sound, sound of. I
2: think that that application looks very interesting, especially you're doing a live and you have a crash on your computer. That's what you need because you you don't really have the brain to reorganize uh, okay, I'm going to open this, I'm going to do this and that. You just click one button and, and it opens everything for you. So that's a very interesting and, and seems like an essential tool for those kind of situations in studio you, you don't really have uh, pressure you know it's like okay it takes you five minutes okay but if you're doing a live set or something that you have audience in front of you uh oh, and you can just press a button
1: comp- go go back to where
2: i was quick <laughs> yeah no because the computer that crashes some, somehow puts you in a very embarrassing situation and so you already have to do uh, i'm talking for experience because sometimes when you do the name, the, the demos at the name show you might experience crashes okay so uh you you have to do the talk uh, to keep the audience uh, entertained, or just keep keep saying what you were saying, but at the same time you need to reload, reopen your session with all your settings and everything, and it's never just one thing; it's multiple things. So with this application, uh, it can save you time and it can save you the stress of doing it. So I think it's a very interesting.
1: I mean, I used to I used to do um, that's how I started programming was programming AppleScript. When I first um, started Sonic State. Um kind of coding, uh, I had e- an email form that sent in a whole bunch of form fields into an email into uh, Eudora or something like that. And I had an Apple script which took the emails and passed out all the data and squirted it and then wrote flat pages formatted in the right way from oh. all of the synth parameters. So, you know, if someone said, I've got a DX7 and it's got this many keys and it's got this, that, and the other, it would take all the, the, the pairs and and write a flat html page and then upload it to the site and say right now we've got a page on the dx7 and that but that i mean that just took me weeks to refine i mean it, i was oh, yeah. really but it was kind of complex and text manipulation is probably not the the best way to cut your teeth out of it. but i think i'm going to investigate this i'm sure there must be similar something similar for the pc is there anything that uh, does the same sort of thing on the pc or is it a permission is there a permission issue maybe someone in the chat room might know i don't know um, Yeah, i don't know i don't know either but I mean, there must be, there must be, and it just seems to make perfect sense because I'm a big fan of making computers that have a lot of power under the hood, do things for you rather than you do them yourself. I, mean, I can't bear doing repetitive tasks all the time if something can, if a computer could do it based on you know the minimum input from me. So I'm all something. for it. You could no, be I, the I, man <laughs> for this. I think I'm going to. Th- I think I'm going to do a podcast button. I'll see if I get on for next week. Great.
4: Yeah, man, do it. <laughs> Do it. Do a setup. Test it a lot of times. You know, get all the timings right. Sometimes you have to pause one thing while something else happens first so that it gets recognized. But if you get the script right, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yes. Um, Number Crunch says you have scripting on Windows and there are macro programs. So I'm sure there are. I mean, I, I guess it's how friendly they are and easy they are to to, to tweak and, and get set up. So I think that probably brings us to the end of this week's podcast. That's been uh, great fun. been great to, to be back um, um, again. Um, even though we only had a week off, it feels like longer. I'm going to be around next week, and then the week off, I'm actually going to have a holiday. I'm going to have a week down on the coast and hopefully sitting around by a swimming pool and stuff. So, um, thanks very much uh, for everybody joining us. So thank you for those in the chat room. Uh, we got there in the end. It was a bit quiet to begin with, but now we've got plenty of people in there. And if you are wondering what I'm talking about, um, do come along on a Wednesday at 4pm, sonicstate.com forward slash live. That's 4pm UK time Wednesday uh, to join us in the chat room and you can listen to the live stream as we go. And um, so I'd like to say, well, we said thank you to uh, Dave Robinson from ProSign News Europe. Uh, He had to go and uh, say thank you very much to Rich Hilton. Thank you for joining us.
4: And thank you. A great pleasure, as always.
1: Always good to hear your voice. Uh, I hope you have a good and productive day in the studio today. Looking forward to it. MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius for all your richness. And also, uh, Diego Stocco, who's very kindly joined us again. Um, you, I'm sure if you had been working late last night, you might have thought twice, but uh, you've been getting up early. So it's great to have you. You're over on the West Coast, right?
2: Thank you. Yes, it was really fun.
1: <laughs> and now you've got a full day ahead of you as well. Or do you go and get. Have a, can you yes. go and have a nap too?
2: No naps. No way. <laughs> so are you working
1: on anything exciting today, or is it just um, backups and, you know.
2: No, I'm, I'm doing some uh, some stuff, but I can't really say too much. Ah, <laughs>
5: top secret.
1: How interesting. Okay, well, DiegoStocko.com. Go and check out what Diego's up to. He's just done the music from a tree, which was uh, a really beautiful piece of music, and he's done lots of other Thanks. great stuff. Thanks. So thank you very much. That was Sonic Talk number 141. It's a wrap. This one does something brutal.
0: This one has the sequencer modulated by itself. This is just a nice synth pad.